This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. For the most part, as a baseball player, I hate baseball movies. For the most part. Because I'll sit there and I'm just a critic. And I'm going to pick every little thing apart. Oh, oh, what's the director going to do here? Throw some tobacco in his mouth and call it a baseball movie. Yeah. Bull, Bull Durham did it pretty good. I watched Bull Durham start. I don't know if you're a fan of Bull Durham. I love Bull Durham, but Tim Robbins can't throw a baseball. I mean- no, no, no. Great point. Great point. Because... Usually the extras, they can't move like a real athlete. That drives me crazy. Yeah. But anyway, besides from that, uh, Bull Durham, the only thing that was not right is when they when they pull into a city the night before and then Kevin Costner goes, you want a rain delay? And he goes out and he floods the field. You would never, in the minor leagues, you would never be there the night before a game right. because they'd have to pay for right. the hotel. And that right. wasn't realistic. But other than that, I thought they got it pretty right. Yeah. And, and I appreciated that movie. Um, when you're writing this, how important was it for you? Uh, obviously, it's it's entertainment, but how important was it for you to to kind of be authentic with how it is in Hollywood with the guys that do have entourages, or was it more of a no? This is to entertain people. It was so important to me. I mean, there are things in the show, and now they they feel they feel more common. When I first started writing it, some of the HBO people and other people would say. You know, this is so inside, people aren't even going to know what you're talking about. And I said, yeah, that's the point. And, and they'll, they'll, they'll either get it or they won't, but they'll understand kind of the vibe and what the feel is. So I would write things that were very realistic to how people spoke at Hollywood about the business. And if people understood it, they understood it. If they understood the locations that we were saying we were going to, they got it. And if they didn't, they didn't. But um, everything about that show, like I said before, the least realistic thing about Entourage is that four guys in their 30s or, or pushing 30 are that close. I mean, because we all know that that is a very hard thing. And, and I actually still do have my 
my best friends from elementary school, who a lot of the relationships on the show were based on, but we don't live together. And if we were out every night together, we probably would start to hate each other. So, you know, that as far as the business and as far as Hollywood landscape, it was very realistic. Now, did we try to make it the Earth Cafe would have better looking people sitting in the background? Yes, we did. We tried to make it a little more colorful and a little more wish fulfillment. But in terms of, of the business of Hollywood, it was ultra realistic. And, you know, even the, the real Ari, uh, you know, Ari Emanuel, who was based on Ari Gold, he used to call me up and go, how do you know some of this stuff? And I, some of it would just come to me or I'd be talking to somebody or whatever. But almost all of the stuff in that show is based on real things that happen. So um, we, we tried to be realistic. And again, that's not to try to say it was supposed to be some drama. At the end of the day, what we wanted is for you to have a really good 30 minutes, escape reality and, and enjoy yourself. But, um, you know, at the time, also, when you say about baseball movies, you know, nobody was making anything about Hollywood because it never worked. You know, some of the best things about Hollywood, probably the player was was relatively successful, but there'd never been a TV show that was successful about Hollywood. And everyone always said, oh, you can't make shows about Hollywood. Now we see 20 years later, TMZ, which didn't exist. And, you know, everything is about, you know, reality shows to see behind the curtains of the of these situations. But at the time, that was kind of taboo. So, um, again, the way I sold the show was. Forgetting that it's Hollywood, it's going to be about friends that you can relate to, that you know, that you grew up with, and that you understand. So that, that was the plan from the get-go. And Adrian, who plays Vincent Chase, uh, I, I saw a recent clip of him talking about Entourage and, and at the very beginning when he was cast, like, how am I going to play this role? He said he went and he hung out with Wahlberg. I think he said that. He hung out with Wahlberg and saw what it was really like to truly be a, a, a star and – that's how he based his role on it. Well, Adrian was on our uh, Victory the Podcast a couple weeks ago. And Mark, um, when we cast Adrian and the guys, Mark, you know, as a movie star producer, got a private plane and took the cast to uh, Vegas, get them to bond. And I think out of all the guys, Adrian was probably the most far removed from, you know, understanding the life of a movie star in that way. Because I, I, I don't think even if Adrian was a giant movie star, he would be in the same kind of way that Mark was. So he got to see that big life and private jets and walking into a casino where, you know, you own the place. And and he definitely took some some stuff from that. And, you know, Mark was, you know, Mark was a great producer and, and voice to have on our side for this show. And that, that was, so that was awesome. If you were to do a baseball movie, how would you research it? How would I research it? Interesting. You know, I know I, I know a lot of baseball players, so I would definitely start talking to them. And, you know, I mean, you talk about movies. I'm a big movie fan. And, you know, there are some good baseball movies like Eight Men Out and uh, obviously that. And um, um, Bull Durham is a classic. And, you know, um, the, you know, Major League is obviously a little bit silly. But, you know, Charlie is a good friend of mine. He could he could throw the ball and I I, I accept that movie though because it's like you know this wasn't made to be serious the director wasn't up there going hey I really got to get it right about how these yeah. big leaguers behave it was yeah. kind of a parody it was supposed to be that way so I accept Major League <laughs> yeah so but it would be interesting though if I if I if I was to do a baseball movie I'm not a big research guy and even though by the way I've I've worked on a project about the American Basketball Association for for years and as I said I did the um, I, I did the uh, Knicks documentary for ESPN, um, but I 
I've grown up on baseball and, uh, you know, it's, I like to feel it's in my blood, but if I was going to get into a baseball story, I would start talking to guys like you. And, you know, we were lucky enough on the show to have, you know, Mark Deshera on the show, who's a friend. I would call him and ask him about his experiences in it. Um, but that's probably how I'd go about it. Why do people have entourages? I've, I've seen a few in, in sports, uh, in the baseball world, in sports, yeah, there are entourages. I've seen it. Uh, in baseball, probably the lowest percentage, but I've seen them. They see, I, I never had one. Uh, they seem expensive to me. <laughs> and, and they seem like a, a lot of them don't end up the best when it comes yeah. to the finances. You know, I, I mean, yours was the greatest example of it. Yeah. I remember, you know, in the beginning, the first season, he's going in and all of a sudden he's like, well, let's, we, we obviously were, he was driving, I think, the the yellow Hummer. But right. we we now we have to go get a Rolls Royce, of course. And and you know, and then we're going to the finance guy. What are you doing getting a Rolls Royce? Well, that's what I do. That, that's what I loved about the show because he had that attitude all the time. Well, something will come up. It was almost yeah. like two and a half men with Charlie yeah. Sheen. What are you gonna do? I don't know. Something always happens. It something yeah. always did happen. I thought yeah. that was cool, but. Um, I don't well, know. I think I think for entourages, you know, it's interesting. When I first talked about the show, you know, and when Mark talked about me, I'm not an entourage guy. Even though I still love my my great friends from growing up, I would never never be that guy. I would never sit around and support a bunch of people. Right. Um, so when they first brought me the show, I was like, "This is the stupidest idea I've ever heard." But then I started thinking about it, and I started looking around at some of the the crews, and I think, you know. LeBron's is a different example because you see those people all actually had real value to him that weren't going to just be hangers on. And that's what I wanted to do on the show. I wanted to have everybody from Turtle, who was the driver, he, he gave value to Vince. He made Vince believe in himself. And I think a lot of those guys coming from those neighborhoods, they believe they have some friends who have a lot to offer the world um, and they just need a chance. So you got that. Then, of course, you have just the people who like to be the king and they like to bring people around. And we know what usually happens to them. At some point, they fall. At some people, their friends disappear. And, you know, ESPN did a great 30 for 30 called Bust about all the athletes and all the money they lost. So I think, you know, that often is, is, is a product of it. And even when Mark first talked to me about the show, I had just a very different view of what the show would be. Mark would tell me about his friends who you know, stole money from his fan club after he started it. And I'm like, that's not what I want to see. I want to see these guys who actually have value, who are loyal and aren't going to try to, you know, compromise the the guy's life, but also will benefit him in some way. So I think that's why people do it. And, you know, we see it forever and ever. And it's interesting that baseball has less than, than let's say, basketball or boxing, um, but they're, they're around in a lot of sports, musicians, you see it all the time. And some people just like to have, they're, they're lonely and they like to have their friends around them. And the best way they're going to keep their friends around them is if they pay for everything, you know? Yeah, no, without a doubt. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um. The entertainment 
entertainment business is, uh, you know, when I think about it, I, I try to take myself serious and I'm not an entertainer. I'm an athlete, but at the, the bottom line is that's what we do. We entertain people. They pay, they pay for, for a ticket to sit in the stands and watch, watch us as athletes do our thing, go to the movies and watch you do your thing. What commonalities do you think athletes and actors have? I mean, cause for us, you're an injury away from being done. Somebody's always chasing my job. Uh, as an actor, you make one shitty movie. So yeah. someone's there to replace you. So w- those are the similarities I I see. What are the what are the commonalities that you see? Well, I think there's th- those similarities are are right there. Um, you know, the the career span is usually short. You know, even for the best, they're usually short. And the ones that go for forty years, the the ones that have careers like Wahlberg are are few and far between. And uh, you know, you can look at your favorite show from twenty years ago and go, "Oh my God, what happened to that guy?" And uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's kind of almost, um, you know, society makes it almost sad. You can be this this NBA basketball player that made one hundred and fifty million bucks, and people see you out and then go, "Oh God, what happened to that guy?" And as you know, back in your time, you know, not that it's so far off, when the, when, but when the money was far less, right? You know, and I've been lucky enough, I've had dinners with you know, Reg Jackson and, and others. Um, they didn't make the kind of money that they made today. Um, Mike Bossy, one of the greatest hockey players of all time, you know, was, was selling, you know, uh, I think season tickets for the Islanders. So, it, it was a different time, but same type of feel. You become this very public figure when you make it. And you don't get to disappear and you still have to kind of always answer to people, which um, most careers you don't. If you're a lawyer, most people don't ask you every day, how's it going? How's it going? When you're in the entertainment field, if you haven't had a hit in a while, people, they harass you all day and all that. What's going on? What are you doing? What's happening? And, uh, you know, I think I think it leads to anxiety. You know, the difference between, you know, athletes and actors or writers, which I've always said, I wish I was an athlete. And uh, um, if you're a great athlete, it's undeniable and there's nothing to say. If you can get on that field and, and, you know, of course we know there's been some exceptions where a great athlete hasn't gotten the chance. And when they finally do, they, they succeed. But normally if you're LeBron James, you know, you're going to make the NBA. And as long as you can keep winning and putting the ball in the basket, you're going to keep getting contracts. But in acting, sometimes it goes, you know, um, you were on a great show and people typecast you and they decide, you know what, um, I don't see that guy in anything else. Um, and it becomes very difficult. So so I think that's that's the similarities and the differences, you know. Uh, I had Robert Wall on, the, the guy that played Arliss years ago, yeah. that the sportsman. Yeah. I was busting his balls. I said, I, I never got a call for a cameo because that was during my time. You know, I was yeah. nine, 90s, early 2000s. Uh, cause there were so many cameos on, on entourage that, that were great early on in the show. When you started having cameos, how tough was it to get the guys you wanted? But then after all the, all the success, I'm sure people were beating your door down. Like, come on, Doug, get me on the show. I need to, I need a spot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, it talk was me impo- through that. It was impossible at the beginning. Well, Lamar Odom was our first athlete. Thank God for him. Uh, we were somehow figured out how to get uh, a courtside at the Lakers to shoot, and we needed an athlete, and Lamar was willing to do it. Um, but, you know, Mark Wahlberg was in the pilot. I, I mean, I honestly didn't even know if Mark was showing up. I mean, I remember standing on the set and going, like, you know, and Mark's obviously my friend, and he's the producer of the show, but I'm like, you know, we were putting him in something, and I, I know Mark was like, 
you know, he didn't want to look bad in the show, and he didn't know for sure what it would be. Um, but by season three, especially the athletes, I mean, I, I honestly think we could have gotten almost any athlete in the world on the show, and most yeah. of them that were on the show called me. LeBron James, they called us. Um, you know, um, Russell Wilson, you know, uh, I, I knew him through some people. He said, I want to be on the show, so I put him on the show. Um Text I met through somebody also, and I, I, you know, it was the same way. So it really became this kind of uh, actors were still hard to get on the show because you know they were actors and they wanted to make sure they were this or that. But athletes, we could have gotten anybody, which was great. It is funny because we will do anything because it's so far removed, you know, for us. Yeah, when it comes to doing stuff on on the field. After our game's over, I'm like, don't waste my time. But, wow, if I get to go on my favorite show, yeah, that's great. Because I don't know anything about it. It's exciting. A uh, buddy of mine, John Ashton, he played Taggart in uh, the edit, Beverly Hills Cop. So I meet him on oh, the I set. He's awesome. I, I, I meet him on the set. And this is my first thing. You know, I first get to the big leagues. They're taping Little Big League in Minnesota. Yeah. And this is where I meet Taggart. I said, that's Taggart. <laughs> I still to this day call him Taggart when I see him. So anyway, you know, that's where I first meet him. Years go by and I'm pulling in. Uh, we fly into San Diego. We're playing the Padres at the time. I think I'm, I think I'm with the Reds and I get to our hotel and I'm walking through the, through the uh, lobby and I see Johnny. I said, Johnny Taggart, what are you doing here? He goes, we're shooting a movie. He's got his whole crew with him. I said, listen, let me go up to my room. I got to make a call. I'll come down. I'll have a, you know, I'll have a, I'll have a beer with you. I end up coming down and it's the whole crew. He's got producers and, you know, there's 12 guys. So his, his producer, director, I, I don't know the difference says to me, uh, Booney, could we get, you know, 12 tickets to the game tomorrow? <laughs> and, and I said, well, we can make a deal here. I said, what's the movie about? So we ended up talking about it and uh, it, it ended up going right to video. It was called fast money or something. <laughs> but I said, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll get you 12 tickets right above the dugout, but I need a cameo in your movie and I need to get there. I need to have a trailer and I need to have a star yeah. by my name. And he thought about it. He's laughing. Now this is over beers. And he says, you got yourself a deal. You'll be in the movie. You're going to play a cop. I was so excited. I got up the next day. I got down there. I was the stiffest work, worst actor you've ever seen. But it's stuff that we like to do. And it, and it was cool. Yeah, and John, Johnny still laughs about it today. Uh, that's how athletes are. Yeah, it's it's doing you know look it's doing something different. Obviously, when we get an actor on on Entourage, they want to make sure they're going to get to hone their craft. When you get an athlete on, they want to right. make sure they're going to like just. <laughs> you know, get a chance to be in front of a camera and around like celebrities. But, you know, I mean, the greatest day of entourage for me ever, for sure, was, was, you know, Teixeira got us Yankee Stadium. I mean, he's like, we basically had the run of Yankee Stadium for six hours, which for me as a, as a diehard Yankee fan since I was a kid was the greatest thing in the world. I mean, I, I brought my children all of my high school friends are all the extras in uh, in the stands in this scene with A-Rod and Tex. And uh, we're on the field at Yankee Stadium running the place. Um, so it was uh, – that That to me is as special as anything I've ever done in, the, in, in anything in my life, you know. So um, I think a lot of us – I mean, me, I, I can say for sure, like, sports are my life. If I could have played professional sports, I mean, I would trade that in in a second for anything I've done. 
Unfortunately, I can't. Although I'm very good at pickleball, but I've heard uh, I've heard you're a pickleball guy. I, 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 I'm, I'm good I'm, for a 55 year old. Unfortunately, the sport is actually you know pickleball is a wild sport. Everybody's playing it now. But you know, four years ago, I honestly maybe five years ago, I think I was one of the best people in the world because there weren't that many people <laughs> playing it. And now the athletes have really come into this sport. It's and you guys, you guys are getting ranked, aren't you? You get ranked as a pickleball player. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yesterday Jack Sock, who's you know top ten in the world in tennis, is retiring from tennis. He played in his first professional pickleball tournament yesterday. So Sam Query, who I went and saw in the semifinals of Wimbledon, who was one point away from playing Federer in the finals, is playing professional pickleball now. So it's becoming. It's becoming very real, and the athletes are coming into it. And as you know, um, you know, like uh, baseball, they just they keep getting better, and the basketball athletes keep getting better, and it's happening in pickleball as well. So I'm, I've gotten phased out, sadly. But. <laughs> what is your what is your ranking, though? I, well, I gotta I, mean, I gotta look this up. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a professionally ranked, but they have like ranks like between the one to five O ranks, and I'm right. you know, I'm. As a senior, I, I'd like to think I'm close to a 5-0 senior, but it, it, it's not going to make me a dime anywhere on the planet. So, Very cool. Yeah, but, I mean, that's me in golf. I love golf. I don't practice, but I've always been – once the game, baseball is over, it's like, this is what I do. I, I just go play golf, and, and yeah. I don't like to work on my game. You know, I think yeah. sometimes, do I want to be a scratch golfer? Because I But I'd have to make some swing changes. I don't want to. When, I, <laughs> right. when I'm playing <laughs> – you know, especially when the kids get involved, it's like I don't have time to practice and play every day. Right. right. So, uh, but you grew up in New York, so you're you were at Old Yankee Stadium, right? I was at Old Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I grew up in New York. Um, you know, I should have been a Mets fan because I'm from Long Island, but I was a Yankees fan for whatever reason. Um, and uh, yeah, big sports fan my whole life. Big New York sports fan. So. Hoping the Knicks can get somewhere this year. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 